Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seeky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 33 on this Overreaction Monday. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Obviously, over the past couple episodes, I think the last week, we only talked about the NFL draft, but we're finally back to the regular format, the regular scheduling, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, this might be one of the biggest topics of the offseason, and we have yet to cover it. We have LeBron James in the news for, for so many wrong reasons. So without further ado, let's dive on in. And Graph, I, I saw that smile. Um, but we're not going to begin with LeBron. We're going to begin. Oh, actually, we are going to begin with LeBron. Um, so LeBron made some comments about the play-in tournament, um, which I'm sure everyone's heard by now. And pretty much if you haven't heard yet, um, he said, whoever came up with that shitty idea needs to be fired. So LeBron, LeBron is clearly not a big fan. And obviously this has to do with them being the number seven seed or number six seed at the moment, tied with the Blazers and tied with the Mavericks in a three-way tie for five to seven. But if you remember last year, CBS Sports made an Instagram post about this. So shout out to them. And they basically called out LeBron because LeBron last year, when the Lakers were the number one seed, he said that the idea was genius and that why not have the final five teams come a battle and competed out for the final spot in the playoffs. So LeBron loved the idea last year as the number one seed, but now all of a sudden when the Lakers have an opportunity to possibly be in the tournament, you know, he hates it now. Yeah. I, I just literally saw that on Twitter. I was just looking for it. Actually. LeBron was saying that, Oh, Oh, it was such a great idea. Let's see teams like Memphis compete. And now you're in the game and all of a sudden you want to cry about it. It's just like Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban. It's a good idea when you're not in it. But when you're in it, you want to cry and be a little baby back bitch. So suck it up. Frank, come on. That, that's <laughs> just not just wrong, but okay. I mean, how is it wrong? Is you call them a – you call – all right. That, that's, that's taking it too far. Look, LeBron's a good dude. I think LeBron – I think he will be the greatest player of all time. I'm strong on that. Um, right now, I guess you could debate. It's, it's a fair debate. I think I, either side I can understand at this moment. He's a hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. Well, yes, I, but Luca's also. I think the. I think this is a common stance by NBA players in this position at the seventh spot. Now, of course, guys it's like a bad look for the league when you come out and say this. I I agree. It's a it's a terrible look for the league, and I I think LeBron has to know better. Um, and since that, you know, a lot of NBA players follow his lead in in terms of what they come out and say, and a lot of fans I feel like look at him and be like, okay, if LeBron hates it, I'm gonna hate it. So I don't think this is good at all. Yeah, listen, here, here's my take on the situation in history since the playoffs expanded to 16 teams like 100 years ago there's been five seven seeds that have upset a two seed for context there's also been five eight seeds that have upset a one seed so the seven seed doesn't deserve any protection who cares if they have to play an extra game you know like you have to earn a top six seed to get the bye week in the first round it's the same thing as march madness you got to be a top 64 team to you know to play to get the to not have to play in the um, first four in, you know, if you if you're not a top sixty, you're not going anywhere anyway. You know, in the Lakers, they were playing better before Anthony Davis and LeBron came back. You know, we we talked about this a few times. We were surprised they were they were winning more than half their games when those two were out. Now all of a sudden they can't back. They can't win a game against two terrible teams. Like, come on! And their schedule coming up is brutal. And I just saw Dennis Schroeder is going to be out for two weeks with the uh, COVID protocol. So they're in, they're in trouble. They're going to be in that playoff game, playing game. Well, I think. Look. And, they're still they just, tied. They better with hope that Steph Curry. They don't run into Steph Curry because, man, it's the last man on earth I'd want to run into in a one and done game. And Graf, you brought up a point about how the March Madness first four. If anything, this is even better because you only have to win one game, while the nine and ten have to win two. 
Yeah, it's definitely they're, they're lucky the NBA doesn't have to make them only win one game, the nine and 10 seed. Mm-hmm. Like if anything, the seven, and eight seeds still get a little cushion and yeah. the NBA, like no NBA player should be complaining about the lack of fairness because out of all the sports, the NBA, I guess, is technically the most fair when it comes to determining a champion outside the MLB. And even the MLB is really unfair because they have that wild card game that you play 182 games and then your season comes down to one game. The NBA is really the most fair league in terms of determining a champion. And honestly, I don't like it that way. It's awful for the league how we know every single year who the two teams are going to be in the championship. I mean, for crying out loud, we had the, we had the same NBA finals for four straight years. The same matchup. That's unheard of. It was Cavs-Warriors from 2015 all the way to 2018. That's nuts. Yeah, well, and I want to touch on a point. We were all together yesterday. We were watching the uh, Nets-Bucks game, and we brought up the topic of the playoffs and the playing game, et cetera. And we were talking about, uh, Grav just mentioned it, only five seven seeds have upset a two seeds, and only five eight seeds have upset a one seeds. So how about we change the NBA playoffs a little bit? Um, let's have more of like a March Madness-style playoffs. The, win- the best team always ends up winning. So if the Lakers are complaining so much and LeBron's complaining so much, if you guys are the best team, you're going to end up winning anyways. It's a seven-game series. It's always designed for the best team to win. There's no upsets. It's boring. Absolutely. Everyone knows who's going to go to the final. 9% of the time, you're getting the best team out on top. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Out of all the years to be complaining about seeding, when there's not that much of a home court advantage due to the coronavirus. Um, so these teams, like look at the, the Suns and Jazz, they'll probably only have like 30% capacity for the playoffs. And – they won't really have any true home court advantage. So if they're, you're the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending NBA champions, you should feel strongly confident in a seven-game series that you could take out a team like Utah or Phoenix. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so enough with this uh, LeBron talk. Let's move on to another superstar, Aaron Rodgers. Um, we all saw the news. This is crazy. Came out right before the uh, first round of the draft. You know, he wants out of Green Bay. He's not happy with how they want run things. Um, he says he'll never play another snap there again. We saw some of his preferred destinations were the Broncos, Raiders, and Niners. We'll touch on that in a second, but I don't, I don't really know where those teams come from. And then, you know, he's really disappointed in how things are working out. And I read that if they fire the uh, GM, that he might consider staying. So what are our thoughts on this? Yeah, well, um, I, the, first of all, the three destinations are from Ian Rapport, the Broncos, mm-hmm. the Raiders, and the Niners. That was pre-draft, though. So the Niners are probably, we mm-hmm. assume, are out of the race at this point. The thing about this is that, I think the Packers made a huge miss. It's, it goes back to the Jordan Love pick. You can't have an MVP caliber guy and a bridge quarterback be one person. It just can't happen. You can't be a bridge quarterback and an MVP quarterback in the same sentence. The Packers made a mistake because they predicted the downfall of Aaron Rodgers. They thought he would take a massive decline or they thought the decline would start in 2020. And it obviously didn't happen. What the Packers should have done is acknowledge it. Gutekunst should have said, look, I made a massive mistake. And I tr- I'm going to trade Jordan Love out and Aaron Rodgers. Let's work on a contract extension. He should have admitted a mistake right away. Instead, he wants to, you know, have this whole ego thing where he refuses to, you know, kind of, he refuses to admit he made a mistake. It's, it's ridiculous. Just refuse, just admit you made a mistake and move on. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a good saying called cut your losses. But I want to talk about a ton of things here. I have a ton more information. Speaking of perfect example, when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, there was no communication with Aaron Rodgers. In this past draft, mm-hmm. when the Buccaneers drafted Kyle Trask, there was communication with Tom Brady and Kyle Trask and uh, Tom Brady in the front office. Same thing with the Bears. And Andy Justin, Dalton. And, yeah, with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. There was communication with Andy Dalton. And another thing I want to talk about is the Packers really dug themselves into this hole uh, on purpose. Um, they had executives fly out to talk to Rodgers. 
And at the time, they weren't going to offer him an extension. Then the news kind of comes out and they kind of backtracked. And then they said, oh, we'll do they wanted to do a restructure first. And then they're like, oh, now we'll do an extension. So now Rogers is like, OK, everything came out. And now you want to do an extension? No. And another thing is, too, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have this kind of relationship with the general ma- with the general manager of the team or the owner of the team like Tom Brady did, for example. Right. So Tom Brady with the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, there was a lot of news that, you know, Belichick wanted to move on to Jimmy G. And then Brady's like, fuck this. Like, I'm going to go right to the owner. He went right to Rob Kraft. And guess what? He demanded that Jimmy Garoppolo would be gone. And Jimmy Garoppolo was gone. And Rodgers can't do that. The GM is not going to fire himself and lose his job over Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers- Kunis is new. He's a new GM. They had a previous GM who got, I think, I don't know how, I think he retired literally. And then Kunis well, took over in like 2017. Rodgers will not play another snap for the Packers. He'd rather retire than play. Yeah. Be I, I don't know if he would retire. Dude, you know, let's talk about the retirement real quick. Um, I don't know how much it works too much. I know Carson Palmer did with the Bengals in 2006 where he retired literally to move teams, but I'm pretty sure like, you just lose your whole salary for that, that remaining salary left. So I you mean, just don't get the remaining salary, but you're exactly a free agent then, I guess. God, and then he's done all those state farm commercials. He made more money than God. Exactly. That. So Aaron Rodgers could easily retire. Like Deshaun Watson can't retire because he's like $190 million on the table. You look at that deal. I mean, shit, look at the money he has on the table with the Texans. He can't retire, but a rod certainly can i think he can yeah. he can take the financial hit for sure but i don't know how, how else it works though because i feel like there has to be a bigger penalty because i feel like a lot more guys would retire than right i feel like that would just be a thing that would be more common i don't know well, a lot of guys are in the middle of their contracts so it's different i mean i'm not sure exactly how it works but you saw with gronk when he retired the patriots still had his rights so they had to trade him to the bucks oh yeah Maybe the Packers off his right. See, it will be interesting. I think he needs to be traded from the Packers. Like, I think that he can't just like randomly retire and then he's a free agent now all of a sudden. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have done that by now for yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's worse for the Packers because more news is coming about. He doesn't want to play a snap, so his trade value is obviously going to go down. I mean, the guy said he doesn't want to play there anymore. And so- why should he want to play a snap? I think. I mean, they just have a terrible team around. They've made so many terrible decisions. I don't think their head coach is that good. I don't think the team's terrible, though. I don't, I just disagree. They're not as good as they could be. And I don't think their head coach is all that good. He goes 13 and three both years, but you replace Aaron Rodgers with Jimmy Garoppolo. What's that team? Four and 12? I mean, it's ridiculous. The coach gets so much credit for going 26 and six in his first two years when we know he did none of it. I mean, let's talk about another thing, too. The general manager doesn't give this guy any help. I haven't drafted him since 2003. Their drafts have been awful, by the way. No, mm-hmm. no, their drafts have been very good. They got Jair Alexander in the second round. That was a steal. They've had some solid drafts. You look at the guys they drafted. I think they drafted Adrian Amos. They, they so look at the better, defensive though. draft picks. Gutekunst has done a fantastic job on the defense with the draft picks. He's missing offense, no question about it. But on defense, he built that defense um, from the ground up with, with the draft picks. They came from free agency. No, they did, but he also had to. The rest I'm of the guys sure. all came from the draft. Who? They don't have any other names on that defense besides Alexander and Kenny Clark. There's no other good players on that defense. No. Andrew Amos was from free agency as well from Chicago. They don't have good players on the defense. Well, you think. So let me ask you this then. If Gunakuns was such a bad GM and had all these bad drafts, wouldn't he be fired already? I mean, he's had the job for five years now. Oh, because they're producing and they're winning games still. But that's solely on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the NFL. It's not because he's a good general manager. But in, in, in you act like free agency is nothing to do with the GM. I, th- I would argue it is because he's clearly been able to work around Aaron Rodgers' big salary uh, dump of like $30 million. Well, they just re- they just let their all-pro center walk and sign a running back. Inside of running back. Well, that was a questionable. That was a questionable decision. Yeah, that's one of many questionable decisions they made on the offensive side of the ball. They haven't even signed a receiver. They could have. They could have went out and signed T.Y. Hilton this off. They didn't sign anybody. 
You have MVS who can't even catch the ball well, on the T- outside. Was T- would T.Y. Hilton really do that much? I don't think so. I, I really don't think that would be the move. I think, Frank, I think if you want to criticize a move this offseason, it would have to be the Aaron Jones thing, like you said, and then not drafting a receiver in the first round. I don't think the T.Y. Hilton move can necessarily be criticized, but they had multiple opportunities at Will Fuller in free agency and during the trade deadline, and they didn't go after him. Even if you and didn't want him, though, that's fine. They had to draft. Why don't want anybody. Receiver? I don't why not Elijah Moore? Why not Elijah Moore? I, I'm they want, curious. They wanted, Why not Elijah Moore? You're absolutely they wanted, correct. They wanted to trade up for Justin Jefferson, and they said he got picked up before them. And then, so then the, the idea is let's let's draft Jordan Love. So a guy gets picked in front of you, right? Like Justin Jefferson. Look at the receivers that were there still. T. Higgins. Chase they also Paul. wanted Brandon Ayuk, and Ayuk got taken. I think two picks before them. So so pick another receiver. Claypool was the the obvious choice there. Or T. Higgins, like Frank said. Or T. Higgins. Yeah. Don't back circle. Pick another receiver. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I think Gutekunz is on the hot seat. I think he is. In, Listen, that's why I, I don't understand why the Packers are so like they 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 want to keep him around so bad. Why are they protecting him? I protect Rodgers. Gutekunz or Rodgers, and they're and they're picking Gutekunz. Like the, the, I would have had this guy fired within the second that Rodgers came out and said that. Nobody's more valuable to their team than Aaron Rodgers is. I don't think. I mean, this this is a four. Oh, there's no question about that. This is a four. They're not 13 and three. They're not the one seed in the NFC. There's no doubt in my mind. But the, the, the surrounding team though, is better than this surrounding team is probably the best football situation. The Packers probably have the best football situation around Aaron Rodgers. They have a number one receiver in Devontae Adams. They have a franchise left tackle. They yeah. have, they've had a top five it's offensive the line. They've had in a, in a couple of years for sure. But I think back in like 2010, when they were winning the Super Bowl, that was a way better team. They've had a top 10, 15 defense. They've been, this team has been pretty, pretty damn good. I would say. Yeah, outside sure. of Rodgers. Oh, I just I just think that Aaron Rodgers, especially offensively, this team would just be absolutely terrible without Aaron Rodgers. And now we're gonna see they they lost their all pro center, as we said before. They paid a running back after drafting a running yeah, back. That was second. that was a questionable decision. And there's just so many decisions that I feel like we just keep repeating that just do not make any sense. This I team could like be this, so much better than they are. This draft, too, they reached on Eric Stokes. They reached on Josh Myers over Creed Humphrey in the second round. There was a lot of questionable decisions. Absolutely. Well, no, I but I see I want to talk about this real quick. I see a lot of people on social media saying they reach on Eric Stokes. And I, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that because He's what is the best this? quarterback on his team? Tyson Campbell's better than him. But, but that's what I'm saying though. Like, how do we, like, how do we know Tyson Campbell's better than him? We don't know that actually don't at all. Know for sure yet, but it's fair to criticize it, especially when they've given us reason to criticize in the past. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I do mean, get that. Game, I mean, seeing the game, Georgia versus Alabama, Tyson Campbell was at least trying to hold his own and handling Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Meanwhile, Eric Stokes was getting targeted. The entire- well, Georgia DBs, don't get me started on Georgia DBs. They're awful. Oh yeah. We know a thing or two. And the thing is, I've had these Georgia kids, we got the Aziz Ojulari and I, I'm, I'm giving him a, a chance because I think he was a steal for us, but it's like, man, these Georgia kids always turn out to be busts. I feel like, though, on the defensive side of the ball, like they're always like so, like they're always just like some type of issues. Like it's crazy. I don't know how they the keep getting. They've no doubt been busts. You look at um, Carter and then Baker and even you know Alex. Isaiah, even look at Isaiah Wilson, who just yeah. is an offensive tackle, who just a complete. Bust. I mean, Roquan Smith is fucking great. I mean, he's Georgia. Yeah, they're definitely hit or miss. I wouldn't. I don't think there was consistency. I'm, out I'm really genuinely scared of drafting a Georgia kid, but I mean, hopefully Aziz proves me wrong. All right, let's switch gears now back to the NBA. Talk about the Houston Rockets right now, playing with a lot of young guns. Uh, they got Kevin Porter Jr., who's kind of taken over the role as like the primary scorer on this team, averaging 16.6 points per game, 6.4 assists, shooting 42.4%. Not bad, a little inefficient, but he's really the only primary scorer on this. He's basketball. 20 years old, though, too. Um, then they got Jay Sean Tate, 
who's really known for his defensive abilities, averaging 11 points per game, five rebounds, shooting 51% from the field. Then they got Seawood, who I think is their future down low and is a future of the, the modern-day big man. I really like him. 21 points per game, 9.6 rebounds, 51% of the field, and almost 38% from three. Not bad. And they have a possible top four pick. It's protected. OKC gets it if it lands at number five. They have a 529 chance percent to be top four right now. To be honest with you, I don't really know about this young nucleus because I don't think that Porter Jr. is that that good. I feel like he's just being a product of them really not kind of having anyone else right now. But we'll see. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, this is – Jay Sean Tate shouldn't even mention when you're talking about like a young core. The dude's already 25. He's been playing pro overseas for three years. You know, is he, could he be a solid player? Sure, but he's not like somebody you build your young core around. And, you know, you just said it. They only have a 50% chance of maintaining their pick right now. You know, they, it's either Cade Cunningham or Bust. They, they might not even have their pick, which is yeah. the problem. Um, you know, they, they win one or two games on the stretch. All of a sudden, they have the third worst record. And they're, they're – Well, no, like, listen. They're, they're – no, they're like the clear number one, the worst team in the league now. So they, they could only have the, a fifth pick or, or better. Like, they can't yeah, go it's still six. a coin flip because it, it, it is like a 47% chance yeah, of getting yeah, that fifth yeah, pick. Yeah, right? it is. It is. Those really aren't great odds. Um. No, I, I agree. So the thing about this Rockets core that I think the draft pick aside is that the duo of KPJ and Christian Wood is, is extremely underrated. Kevin Porter Jr. is being disrespected because I guess they're on a bad team. So immediately the first kind of question mark is, that, oh, it's just empty stats. I completely disagree. Now, I was watching the kid play yesterday versus the Knicks. Uh, we got a, a big win, 25-point win over the, the Rockets. Just, I mean, they're terrible right now, let's face it. But this is a team that you also have to factor in has little to no talent around him. And the efficiency, that's why it's down. You, he has all the tools. You just watch him play. He can create his own shot from three, from mid-range, and can drop the basket, draw fouls, play make. This kick, this kick can really do it all. KPJ has all the makings and all the tools of a future NBA star. All he needs to do is work on his efficiency. And you look at guys over they, the past couple of years. I think he needs to work on himself as a person, though. James, he has a lot of character concerns. Oh, James, oh so James Harden. That's the whole reason he fell. He What was he, picked 30th in the draft? But he was a, definitely a lottery talent. I mean, hey, listen. just go to a strip club in Miami the other week when they were playing there. Like, I'm almost positive he you know, did. No, he, know, he did. He got found $50,000 for it. Yeah, so, like, dude. But my thing is, James Harden. So, James Harden's first year in Houston – he shot 43% from the field. So they it's almost identical. Their numbers are putting up the first year of the season. I, I really feel like KPJ could be that next superstar. And Christian Wood could be a, a next little side star. Is though, ben, if, you get a top, if you get a top four pick, right, if they keep this pick, they're going to pick Jalen. Or let's say Kate Cunningham goes right? there. So then KPJ is immediately going to take a backseat role to that guy. But that's like that's I, we were talking about this, right, this, we were having this exact conversation. This is a good problem to have a, a backcourt of KPJ and Katie Cunningham, where KPJ could work off the ball, which he would be much better at as a he, he's more meant for off the ball than on the ball. KPJ off the ball, it would skyrocket his efficiency. Having Christian Wood as a modern big man who could shoot the three, space the floor, that big three, that nucleus right there, is at least bound for a playoff berth early I, on. I think KPJ needs to be the the guy that's on the ball. I think he'd work better with someone like Suggs. I think KPJ gets his best shots off the dribble. KPJ can shoot up the dribble, but he doesn't, you don't want to have him with the ball handling responsibilities the whole game. It drains him out. He already uses enough energy, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, um, creating his own shot. I think that he's better off having a playmaker, making the game easier for him like Cade Cunningham. So I think this Rockets team, if they can get their hands well, on Cade. That's why they need that top pick desperately. Well, that, so let's say even they don't get it. 
then next year they'll have it. Cause you realize if they don't get it, if they have their pick this year, that means automatically next year, they don't have it automatically. Yeah, I, guess okay, that, but I think Kate Cunningham would just be a tremendous fit for them, especially. It, so, it, he would be, he, I think so, yeah. I th- exactly. And that's I'm, what I'm saying. I think Kate Cunningham's overrated. Oh, well, I don't well, know. Uh, all right. Th- we're not in draft season yet. We'll have to talk about that <laughs> later, but. What I'm saying is Jason Tate's a good defender. Christian Wood's an amazing defender. And KPJ, obviously, he's not the best defender just because he is a scorer, not a guy. Yeah. But he has the measurements to be a good defender. So I think this team wouldn't worry about a Minnesota Timberwolves situation where you look at a team who can't defend. I think this team... The Rockets are already in a better situation going forward. The Rockets are in a good situation. I think the James Harden trade, just because they got no value out of it, is being overblown. I mean, I think they'd be in a lot better situation if they had... I agree. No, No doubt about it. Other than OKC, I think they're in the second best situation in the NBA. Oh, but, I mean, the Knicks. Well, I don't know if OKC's in a great situation. No, I'm talking about like the tanking teams. I'm talking about like the like the like the Wolves, the Magic Pistons. I'm talking about those teams. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess OKC with the and Shy. They have Shy more than any of the other. They have plenty of picks, that's for sure. Shy's a building block though, and OKC could have two top five picks. Like we're literally talking about, like they could have two top five picks. That would just be insane, guys. Like, I mean, oh man, but um. Moving on, we're going to talk about the NFL draft winners and draft losers. Um, I want to start off with my winner because I never I never thought I would have said this in the same sentence. Are these two teams – if I said these two teams, I would have thought that I would, I would flip them and have the, uh, the Packers and winners and the, the Lions and losers. But instead, I had the Lions being the winner. Look, when you're a rebuilding team, the number one priority is best player available. They did that at number seven, Panay Sewell. And then they worked in the trenches, starting the trenches with their second round pick being a D lineman, first round pick being an offensive lineman. That's how you build a team to be successful down the line. Dan Campbell has that mentality where he wants to bite your nose off. I, I love what this team is building right here in Detroit. They have two guys in the trenches in the first two rounds, have Dan Campbell, and it really feels like they're building an identity for the future. Yeah, and you talk about a wide receiver they got, Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he was a he's a great pick. I think he could be like a Keenan Allen type player for them. He's gonna get a lot of snaps instantly. And they also got a defensive lineman in the third round, Ali McNeil, who's pretty solid as well, to pair with Ozerwariki, who they got in the second round. I don't know if I pronounce it right, but they did the smart thing. And you know what? They have a lot of holes in their team, but they they're gonna work with the, the starting to build. Well, the, the offensive line is pretty good. They have a. I looked at their. It's a pretty solid unit. And then the defensive line. Decker, Ragnow, and now Panaisul, and now they have uh, Don't they have Halapodi Bataya, whatever his name is, from the uh, Eagles? Big V, he's solid too. So that's what I'm saying. The Lions right now, I think everyone in everyone's always saying like, oh, you know, get weapons. No, you don't get weapons because you know why? They're not trying to make Jared Goff look good. You elevate your weapons once your offensive once line. Your, once your quarterback's good and your offensive line's good. Once you have a quarterback, once you have an offensive line. It'll, it'll, it'll be easier for your weapons. They don't give a so, shit how good Jared Goff is. He could look like the worst quarterback in the league. They Jared don't care. Goff, Jared Goff will be gone once his contract is done because it's they're going to be Sam Howell or, Ratch, or Ratchler, whatever. Yeah. They're going to build this team right now and make it good. So once the quarterback comes in the situation that he'll have no reason not to succeed. And it's smart. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and my loser, I mean, before we get into, sorry, guys. We already kind of talked about this. Yeah, we, we don't even need to talk about it. The Packers, they're just, I mean, come on. Yeah. And then I, I talk about my winner. I think the Chargers, I mean, talk about their first two picks. I was a huge fan. Uh, they got Rashawn Slater. Oh, I love them. Love now they got a great revamped offensive line. They made a lot of moves in free agency that are not talked about. So they got Slater on the left uh, left tackle, Matt Filer at left guard, Corey Lindsley, all pro center, who they got. Right guard, uh, Odea Boucher, not bad. And then right tackle, Brian Balaga, very good for Justin Herbert, who will succeed this year. And then we we'll talk about the loser. 
I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. I thought they really should have addressed their need at quarterback, and I think they're really a quarterback away from being a contender. And they had an opportunity to get Justin Fields and or Mac Jones at number nine without even trading, and they did not do either. Then they picked a cornerback, which they already have three solid startable cornerbacks. Not really a fan of that. They did a lot on the defensive side of the ball, but their first-round pick was very, very questionable to me with a huge hole that they have at quarterback. And then – Uh, Yeah, so my winner, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about them, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs are my winner. Wow. Um, They didn't have a first-round pick because they traded to the Ravens for Orlando Brown, but when you're a contender, you're not going to get somebody in the first round who's ready to produce as soon as a guy like him who's already proven himself. And then I think they've got a lot of value in a lot of their picks. Nick Bolton late in the second round and Creed Humphrey as well. These are two guys that maybe had first-round grades on them, according to some. And then they – they got Trey Smith in, uh, what, the sixth round, and I think he's another guy that if, if his health checks out, he could be a contributor. I saw somebody on Twitter mention this. You know, the Giants have been struggling with their offensive line for five years, and they couldn't rebuild it once. The Chiefs struggled with their offensive line for one game, and they rebuilt it in one month. I mean, they have all these guys now. They have Humphrey. They have Dooney from the Patriots. They have Orlando Brown now. You know, they're, they're ready to make another run. Kyle Long and Austin Blythe as well. They're, they're offensive line, and then they're going to get Laurent Dubernay-Tardif and Nyang back. Mm-hmm. Talk about some losers. The Giants have to be among the losers, in my opinion. Well, I put the Finns as one of my losers. I was going to put the Broncos, but I didn't want any overlap. I just didn't like some of their draft picks, specifically J- Jalen Waddle. I really thought they could they should have just taken Sewell there. They really need offensive line help. And then um, in the second round, they traded up like eight spots with the Giants, and they gave up a third-round pick for a safety that I think they reached on. I don't think that was a good move Oh, Javon Holland? Yeah, so I wasn't a fan. I wasn't really a fan of their draft. I think Eichenberg's a solid player that they also got in the second round, but I don't know. That's, That's just my weird. Thought. I feel like I've seen every single person put the Dolphins at winner. I don't know. I, I don't know what you mean. I've seen like it, it, it just depends how you um how you view the Jalen Waddle pick. I just think I I, I, thought I think he's dynamic. I thought Devonte Smith was a better player than him, and I think that they really could have used offensive line help. I, I definitely could see that argument, but I think that they're just giving Tua everything he has, and I think I, you can't go wrong with that. Honestly, I, mm. I really don't even have a problem with that. Um, yeah. But the Giants, though. I want to talk about them real quick before we get into the last top of the day. Like the Giants, us not drafting a O lineman cannot be something dumber. I, I hate how our fan base is like defending it. It's kind of ridiculous, but I, I think the Giants are heading in the direction of a bottom five offensive again, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that their weapons are just too good to not at least be like top 20. I think I could see the middle of the pack this year. I mean, I know, but I said I, I was talking about this with someone else. OBJ and Saquon we had in 2018. We were still the 29th worst offense in the NFL, our mm-hmm. best offense. Like, just because you have weapons doesn't mean anything. If we have a bottom five offensive line, probably even worse, honestly, because we didn't make any upgrades and other teams across the league did. Everyone else got better. We did the same. And then on top of that, Danny Dimes, I have no confidence in this kid whatsoever with a shitty offensive line. None. Yeah, yeah, you better hope that those draft picks that they have developed because if they don't, this is going to be another garbage season for the Giants on offense. And developed into what I'm so the develop word, bro. We're talking about fifth round picks. These guys were fifth round picks. That fifth doesn't count as a lineman pick. Like who was it? I'm talking about Andrew Thomas, Will Hernandez, and Matt Park. Those were all well, first Will Hernandez was a, he's a backup now. No, I'm talking about the three guys they drafted last year. They drafted uh, Andrew Thomas. I think Matt Park was last year, right? So he was he was last year. And then yeah. they some guy in the fifth round. But they're talking about that guy in the fifth round as the development pick. He shouldn't even be considered an actual player on the roster. He's a fifth round pick for a reason. He was, I mean, he didn't show any flashes of rookie year. I, I really don't think, 
Um, no, the thing I find odd is a lot of people do think that he showed flashes his rookie year. I'm not really sure what games people were watching, but I was unfortunately watching those Giants games, and I did not see many flashes from him. So I, I don't, I don't we'll see. That. We'll see. You know, you got, you got to just hope that continuity helps, that having the same coaching staff helps, because remember, they, they switched offensive line coaches middle of the year, and you had to hope that health plays a factor. Will Hernandez had COVID, Matt Pert had COVID, and Andrew Thomas was dealing with that ankle injury all year, so... Well, we can talk about some free agents. Trey Turner is still available, and the Bears just cut uh, Charles Leno, who was their left tackle and was pretty solid for the last five years. So, mm-hmm. listen, if you're the Giants right here sitting right now, I'd, I'd be picking up the cell phone right now. And I we think need more. Are, we need more action than talk. I think the Trey Turner signing is just—it's just imminent at this point because I mean, Dave Gettleman drafted him in Carolina, you know. So it just—it you know, would just make so much. They don't have a right mm-hmm. guard right now. They don't have a fucking right guard. Like you need to pick up exactly the all this. Guy. Absolutely, he should have been in the building today. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not I sure agree. Either. You're telling me. You're telling me the guy who wanted Rashawn Slater at number one. All right, at number 11, excuse me. All right, let's move on. We're going to be ranking the uh, draft quarterback situations. I know Sneaky made a post about this on Instagram before. but um, So I'll give you my rankings first. I don't have them written down here, but I know what my rankings are. Uh, so first of all, I'm going to have um, Lance with the 49ers. I, yeah, think, I think that's a no-brainer. Only because of Shanahan. And, I, would, you know, I, would, I would rank it the same way. Lance has got to mm-hmm. be. Solely just solely because of Shanahan, he's a great coach. We already know that. Um, second, Mac Jones with the Patriots. Um, you know, Bill Belichick, best coach in history. They got weapons now. I so. agree with that as well. And he, I don't know if he's going to start day one. I think he might be more of a developmental player. I think Mac's ready right now. I think he's more ready than Trey Lance. Definitely though, good structure in the organization too. This is a, a mm-hmm. organization that been has a winning culture. That's yeah, a factor as well. All around too. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I have uh, Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars. I think, I think that I, the Jaguars have like they have they have some solid players around now. They have Chark, they have James Robinson and Etn, they have um, Marvin Jones, and you know I think the team was just built for him. You know, it there's a lot of question marks with Urban Meyer, obviously, which I think is fair. But I mean, there's also a lot of question marks with the two guys I have ranked below him. So um, number That's four, fair. I have Justin Fields and the Bears. They don't have much help. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sold on Matt Nagy. I'm not sold on the Bears. You know, we watched for the last four years what they did with Mitch Trubisky. And I think they're just the worst team this year. Um, and then finally, number five, the Jets and Zach Wilson. I know Frank yeah. isn't going to like this one, but the Jets are just where quarterbacks go to die. So I don't have The Jaguars to... are, though. I mean, come on, like the Jaguars are, yeah, too. But so. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to die. I mean, he's like, he's, he's generational. He's Well, he's no, gonna... that's, that's a fair point. I, I, I get that. Yeah. Well, I... Yeah, go ahead. I disagree. I think I'd have I'd have the first two the same, and then to be honest with you, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I think the Jets are honestly third to me. Um, <laughs> that screams bias to my face. <laughs> I guess, but just let me explain. Matt Nagy. Hey, go ahead. Matt Nagy, like we talked about, has ran Mitchell Trubisky into the ground. He never played into his strengths until the last five games of the season when he wasn't even calling the plays. Matt Nagy will be calling the plays again for the Bears this season. Their offensive line is not that good. It's about twentieth league in the league average. But it's, it's just, better than the it's better than the Jets and Jaguars. Try to note. Yes, but that's before the Jets added AVT. Okay, just, the Bears added offensive linemen rounds two and three. Yeah. If I'm not okay, mistaken. but they just cut Charles Leno, who was their best offensive lineman. They just okay, cut their well, best offensive lineman for no reason. It's hard to predict who's gonna be. I'm missing off last year. So I, I don't like to go off like predictions of. Yeah, but who's he cut be their, they cut their best offensive lineman from last season, Charles Leno. Okay, so then so I, I mean, feel like that was a major mistake. I think I, I would have put Jen, Tevin Jenkins over on the right side instead of Bobby Massey, who's a clown. 
whoever they have. Okay, so so you think so the Jets? I think the offensive lines are all around the same. I, I think that's that's fine. I don't think you can. And tell then the, Jag- the Jaguars outside of Robinson, who do they have? Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney, who's, who's very overrated. Denzel Mims. Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney. Denzel Mims is as good as him, and he's our fourth receiver. Dar- well, Dar- who's, our fourth- who's, your f- who's your third receiver? Elijah Moore? Yeah. Elijah Moore's unproven. Darnell Moody, I would rather have the, uh, Elijah Moore. I could play. Right now. Right right now. Six round pick for a reason. He went to Tulane. Tulane. Darnell Mooney had oh. 631 yards and nine starts. He's an easy 1,200 yard guy with Fields and Robinson alongside him. I completely agree. Robinson's a top seven wide receiver, has a clear number one target, a red zone target, and a help Fields a lot. The Jets don't have a number one wide receiver. They don't. They just don't their have core, one. The core is better than the Bears. There's no doubt in my maybe, mind. Maybe the core is slight. I, I don't even agree with that though, because yeah. it's only about three receivers. It's not about four receivers. You don't need four. You never line about four receivers. We disagree. Look at the box. They just won the Super Bowl with four receivers. But there, how much four receiver sets do you run? Yeah, but ten like percent of the time, five percent of the time. Take these guys on the field. You need to be able to run empty sets with four wide receivers out there. Okay, well, there, it's not that hard to plug in a fourth guy who just runs like a kicker turn it's like like guy who just. This is Graf. Can you step in here? This is more hate against the Jets than love for the Bears. This no, is this is no. So no, this is I, not. I think, no, I think they're just interchangeable at this point. I think both teams are just. Look, terrible I right said now. in my Instagram post, three through five are interchangeable. I strongly agree. I think that. I think, I think Mike Lafleur is the best offensive coordinator out of all the guys. I don't like Daryl Bell. I think right, right, right at this, at this moment, the Jets have the best offensive coaching staff, and I think that's it. it is I think they do the best offensive coaching staff right now. I think the weapons for the Bears are better though. I think Montgomery. Yeah, I just, I think Robinson, I think Mooney, I think that's a better core than the Jets have right now. I'm sorry. I think it just, I just want to throw something out there really quickly uh, regarding the Bears. They have what could probably be considered the hardest schedule in the entire NFL this year. They play oh, the come NFC on. The Giants, the, the schedules are BS. I'm sorry. I mean, the NFL. I, mean, I don't think so. I mean, the, the Bears are just not set up for success this year. So I could see an argument for Fields at five. They also um, lost Kyle Fuller. But I, I really, I that's really, a, that's a defensive that. player. It's, it's okay, situation that's offense, gonna, so. that's going to make an impact on the offense. Okay. But I will say this though. Schedules do not matter for one reason. Look at the playoff teams every year. They flip every year, guys. Are we that, are we going to be that stupid and buying this? Okay, stupid yes, hype? Yes, but, like, but are you saying that like you view, like you view the bears games, like at the Rams and at the Browns as like easy games. Cause well, those every teams team has those type of games. Pull up the Jets. Get, I'm sure the Jets have some similar games like that too. I mean, yeah, but I'm sure there's Miami. All the teams in the Jets division are better than the, than the bears division. The AFC East is strong. The bills, well, dolphins and pass are all playoff teams. teams. I mean, you have the Packers and the Bills, which are pretty even. And then, well, I guess if Aaron Rodgers. The Bears play the Lions twice a year, and the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone. Yeah, and the Jets play the Dolphins twice a year. The Dolphins are a playoff team. What do you mean? Maybe. Oh, come on, guys. Dolphins are one of the, are very overrated. They're, okay, no, they, they're overrated. I agree, but their defense is extremely overrated. It's they playing. will be a 8 and 8 team at worst, right? Like, they'll be like around like the 8 and 9 range. They'll be like a decent range solid team. But to, it's all about Tua. If Tua is not a player, then they're not going to well, go. Tua in. played so bad last year, and they won ten games still. So yeah. how much worse can they get on offense? I mean, Tua didn't win much, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, Fitzpatrick <laughs> did win some, so they would be like seven wins without Fitzpatrick. Exactly, hundred percent. Tua, Tua is a fucking game manager at best. A game manager. But at he best. can improve. Who says he can't improve in year one or two? He, can't, he cannot improve. But I really don't think he has it. Okay, so yeah, so I think the Jets division though overall. I think it's better because Packers uncertain, Lions uncertain. I wouldn't disagree with that, but I just think that the coaching staff and the, for the Bears, they've proven that they're bad. I know. The, no, the coaching staff is better. I think we can get that out of the way. I think that weapons for the Bears, I, I'm sorry I'm leaning towards the Bears. I, I really will. And then what else, the what else do you factor in? You factor in coaching, 
and, you know, surrounding cast. I think that's really, I mean, it's close. I, I don't think you can go wrong either way, honestly. I also like the fact that Wilson's going to come in and step in right away and he knows it's his job. You know, I, I like that. I don't like Fields. We don't know if he's going to start right away. You know who also, th- uh, you, you know who also knew it was his job right away? Josh Rosen. Exactly. Okay. Well, many, Sam Bradford knew that. <laughs> but my point is that doesn't mean anything. He, he knows it's his job right away. What does that mean? I feel like it's just a good confidence booster for the kid. Pat Mahomes didn't know it was his job right away. <laughs> Look at what happened to him. So, yeah, but we sorry. cannot compare the Bears situation to the No, we're not going to compare. We're, we're not going to compare. But I'm saying that doesn't matter, like, if you know it's your job right away. But, um, yeah, I mean, anyway. Now we'll talk about KD and Kyrie. We're switching gears, going back to the NBA. I mean, we saw this as a topic on first take. Uh, Kyrie and KD, will they regret freaking Brooklyn over New York? I don't really know about this. Uh, Stephen A. Smith said that they're going to regret choosing – and it kind of sparked a debate all over NBA Twitter, which is one of the most toxic places on the planet, by the way, just so you guys know. Uh, but I don't really know if they regret it. I mean, I think Kyrie just can't handle the media attention. And I, don't, I don't think Kevin Durant can either. That's why they went to Brooklyn, so nobody would talk about them. The Knicks are more popular right now as the fourth seed in the NBA uh, than the Nets are possibly as the, the, the favorite seed. in the finals. Well, I mean, I, I, I disagree. I think that Kyrie and KD could have gone to Memphis and everybody would have been talking about them. I mean, it's two of the biggest names in the NBA. You know, they're going to get national attention no matter where they go. Do they regret picking Brooklyn? No. Like, if, if they don't win the title this year, then maybe. But, like, that's a, that's a major assumption to make. Um, so, you know, get back to me with this question in about three months. I, I just think that, that this thing by Stephen A is really stupid because I don't even, like, I don't know personally what Katie and Kyrie wanted out of this, you know, choice. Did they want the media attention? I don't think so. If they chose Brooklyn Kyrie over New York, Kyrie can't handle the media attention. He would get ripped apart for leaving. And for I, if you look at some KD quotes that he said over the past couple of years since he's chose Brooklyn, he says that he didn't want that. He wanted to be in the shadow of the Knicks. And to me, I just think this whole thing that that he wanted the spotlight is just so unbelievably false. I mean, like, I don't think that they should regret going to the the Nets at all. I don't. I don't really like see this as like even a, a topic. Honestly, I think Stephen A is really just. I mean, he's questionable. I will say this, though. The stars who do want the spotlight, like Damian Lillard, will come, will come here, and we will win a championship with Damian Lillard and Julius Randle. But Julius Randle is more loved and is more popular right now than Kevin Durant. Oh, and that's, that, there's no doubt about it. There's just no doubt about it. So Kevin Durant could be the shadow of Julius Randle. I mean, that's fine. He wants to be. If the Knicks win one game in the first round of the playoffs, they will be talked about more than the Nets winning the finals. If you want a series, oh, my God, well, it's just a fact. It the really garden will go crazy. And then, dude, what if we beat the Sixers in round two? The amount of fans is the Chargers. I mean, there's none. They don't have any fans. Who goes to Brooklyn to go to a basketball game? Nobody. Nobody cares. It's, it's no one's talking about this. There. That's part of the problem. No one's talking about this, but the Knicks, get out, the Knicks could easily get out of the East. No, I'm kidding. But okay, stop. Get out of it. They could easily get out of the first round. If they round, play the geez. Hawks, then they play the Sixers in the second round. Then they play the Bucks in the third round, the conference finals. They beat the Bucks, and then they play the Lakers in the finals. They beat the Lakers in five games. Champions. Nope. How much – wait, I've – is there any shot the Knicks win the, the finals this year? Like, is there any shot? Zero shot. They have one and a half good players and then a great what supporting if, what if What if injuries happen to other teams? Like, what if it's okay. like a, a, a Kawhi Raptors year where, like, they just get lucky with the injuries? Yeah, but the Knicks don't have a Kawhi Leonard. Well, we don't. We have Julius Randle. He's, he's close to Kawhi. No way. I don't know about that one. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, <laughs> that's enough for this episode. I'm stopping the Knicks talk.
We're, we're balling out. Big game in Memphis. Tonight. They are playing well, and it's fun to watch, but I just don't think they're NBA Finals caliber this oh, year. I, mean, I think there's no question. Second round caliber, I think so. Um, that's going to be it for the Sticky Sports Podcast Season 3, Episode number 33. Um, we'll see you guys on Friday. Peace.